Blazers forward Kyril Sopotic suffered a snowboarding injury this past weekend in Saskatchewan that has left doubt on whether he will ever be able to walk again. No doubt devastating news for anyone to receive and I cannot even imagine how tough the diagnosis would be on a young 19-year-old kid who had the privilege of doing what he loved playing hockey in the Canadian Hockey League. So what can he expect as he goes through this recovery process and just how difficult will this be to deal with in terms of mental health? Well, to provide a little insight, please to welcome to the show now personal injury lawyer here in Kamloops. She is a paraplegic and local champion of accessibility issues, Jessica Vliegenhardt. Jessica, it's been a while, so thanks so much for coming back on the show. Thanks for having me. So maybe just to provide a little perspective of, of kind of how people deal with this type of a situation. I was wondering if you could maybe just share your own story when when you were first diagnosed with a spinal cord injury and, and sort of how that affected you. Sure, certainly. Well, I uh, I broke my back in the summer of 2004. So coming on 16 years ago now, um, I was 20 years old, so similar age as, as Kyrell. And um, uh, I wish I could say it was a shock to me, but I knew pretty much instantly as soon as I injured myself, I knew instantly I'd broken my back and, and what that meant. Um, and I have to say it takes a while. It takes a while for the gravity of the situation to sink in um, because spinal cord injuries are very nuanced injuries. Um, there's a lot of spinal cord injury that people don't know like if you don't have a spinal cord injury or know someone with a spinal cord injury there's a ton of things that you just don't know about that that's comprised in a spinal cord injury and learning all of that is completely overwhelming so it's it's going to take a few months for the for the family and and for Kyrell to even begin to comprehend what has happened Mm -hmm. I guess are you just kind of in denial for for that that couple of initial months I guess well, some people certainly are. For me, there was no denial involved. It was very like, oh, all right, well, here we go. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, uh, I had such a bad injury that uh, there was no doubt. There was no um, sugarcoating it, shall we say, if there was a bit, an ability to walk again. And when I read articles about Kyrell's injury, it seems similar. Um, you know, doctors don't usually come in and say you're never going to walk again unless you're never going to walk again. Right. So, so for me, there was no denial. Um, it was just more of like, okay, well, how do I, how do I get on with this? And sort of the sheer volume of things I had to learn about, which was, um, you know, sitting up and using a wheelchair, how to regulate blood pressure, how to, how to protect myself when you can't feel half your body, um, how to manage quite literally uh, getting dressed. You have to relearn how to do everything. You have to relearn how to put pants on. Um, you have to learn how to get in and out of a car again. Like literally the most basic things of your daily life are things that you have to learn again. So there's quite a steep learning curve at the beginning. Yeah. And what does that do or how does that kind of take a toll on you mentally? I mean, you were you were pretty much, um, you know, accepting of the diagnosis right away. Um but I imagine going through and relearning all of these kinds of things, like just getting dressed in the morning. I imagine when you're when you're having difficulty doing that, there's a ton of frustration that comes with that, and and that's got to have a significant impact on on your mental health. Yeah, um, certainly. I was I was thinking just before we started chatting about what it you know what I was doing when I was 20, and I was thinking about Kyra, um, you know, being a tip top athlete. He was at the top of his game, 19 mm-hmm. years old, playing in the WHL. When you're on that kind of peak, 
it's really um, excruciating to come crashing down. And there is a, for me anyway, there was a monumental amount of frustration. Um, not so much with my diagnosis. I was, for some reason, quite accepting of that immediately. I was so frustrated with how long everything took. Like once, once they told me, all right, spinal cord injury, you're in a chair, I thought, cool. Let's get back at her. Like, I want, I want to get out of here. I want to get on with my life. No big deal. Um, and it wasn't that easy for me. And that was what was the most frustrating thing. Um, and it's going to be frustrating for Kyrell. On the flip side, my athletic background ended up being quite an asset to me because it was a quick study. Um, you quite literally have to go to things like wheelchair class where physiotherapists teach you how to use the piece of equipment and how to use it like jumping off curbs. And, and if you're an athlete, you can turn those skills into, all right, well, I'm going to nail this and I'm going to nail it quickly. So in some ways, um, it was helpful being so familiar with how to use my body already. And I, and I imagine that he'll be, he'll be a pretty quick study too. I guess, how long does that take for you to kind of normalize your situation? I mean, did you have like a timeline that you can think of? Was it like a, a year where you kind of felt like, okay, now I've kind of gotten the hang of this and I know how to uh, to live this life now? Yeah, I sure do. And I, I tell this to my clients a lot too when they've been through severe injuries. Um, so it was about two years for me to stop being kind of, and, and I, <laughs> to be totally blunt, terrified of every day because it was just so unpredictable. So it was two years for that to settle down. And to be totally blunt, it was five years before I hit my new normal of, okay, I feel good. This is my life. Um, and, you know, just sort of ready and willing to embrace whatever was coming my way. Um, it, it's a long, it's a very long process. <laughs> it takes a long time for your brain to catch up with the reality of your, your body. Mm -hmm. And it's also, I mean, you got to remember when you, when you acquire a spinal cord injury, you tend to, a lot of people acquire them doing, you know, athletic things. You tend to be going from, you know, somebody who's, you know, hitting it hard outside doing all these things to quite literally a super marginalized person with a disability. And one of the most challenging things is the different way that people look at you and, like strangers, when you meet them for the first time, they have no idea who you were before your accident. And there's a lot of assumptions made and learning how to deal with that is really exhausting and takes a lot of patience and a lot of practice. Now, uh, you mentioned a couple of times, you know, your athletic background and how you were able to eventually transition, right, to be, be a real, real significant part of uh, Canada's Olympic basketball team. How, how important was just getting back into sport in order for you to kind of help conquer your disability? I mean, was that something that you felt being in that team environment, having people who were obviously in the same situation as you? I imagine that was a, a real significant thing to help get you through those tough times, but also just to help bring, you know, uh, not feeling like you've lost that ability to, to provide to uh, participate in athletics. I mean, this is obviously when we're talking about Kyrell, someone who was, uh, you know, in the WHL playing a significant role on a really good hockey team here in the Canadian Hockey League. Um, I imagine just having to get back into athletics, obviously we're still a long ways away from him probably thinking about that, but that's got to have some sort of a, an impact, I believe, in helping recover. Oh, yeah, it was huge for me. Um, getting connected with adapted sport was a, a, a true lifesaver and and I tell people this all the time. Um, if you, 
been through an injury like this, you need to find your people, your, your new people. You need to find other people in shares who are just, you know, they're living life. They're grabbing the bull by the horns. They're, they're playing sports. They're sit skiing. They're water sit skiing. They're doing everything that you want to do because those people, I don't want to say we have it figured out, but we're pretty close to having it figured out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it was through adapted sport that I was connected with a ton of professional women with disabilities. And like, these are like awesome women. They have PhDs, they're mechanical engineers. Some of them were doctors and they looked like me. They were using wheelchairs and they were really like, they were my like Jedi guides through the whole process. You know, they, they taught me really simple things. Like here's how you take a plane to Australia when you have a wheelchair. I had no idea, Mm -hmm. but my first trip overseas was with, Team Canada, and you know, here's how to here's how to handle that person on the street that says something super wacky to you out of the blue. Um, it was such it was such a well a blessing, I suppose, like, to to be able to learn from from women and other athletes like that, men too. It's going to be. I, I hope he manages to get connected with some some sport um, in the future because it'll go a long way yeah, to helping him for sure. Um, Jessica, really appreciate the time here today and just providing a little bit of perspective here. Um, I guess just to close things off here, I mean, you've, you've been living with this since, uh, you know, 15, 16 years here. I guess, mm-hmm. would you say that you're still continuing to learn and adapt? I mean, I know when, when you and I have had conversations in the past, we talked about accessibility issues within Kamloops and how there's still a really long way to go in terms of helping, um, people be able to access, you know, in, in buildings that are older, right? Some of them don't have elevators. Mm-hmm. Look at the building I'm in. We don't have an elevator, right? And that's something you have to continue to deal with on a daily basis. Would you say that you still have to kind of learn to cope with these challenges, even though you are 16 years later into this, living this life? For sure. I think so. I mean, you get better and better at it, but uh, I have two little kids, so I end up in places that I'm not used to going, right? They, Whatever their interests are, I try to facilitate. So sometimes I end up where in, in an area that I'm not used to and yeah, I got to figure out exactly. Okay. I've got a two-year-old now. How am I going to get myself and this two-year-old over this, you know, snowy field to get to this thing that she wants to do. And so certainly it's a constant learning process, but, um, once you get to 15, 16 years out, you, you've got your tools to, to hopefully make it work. And if you can't make it work, you've got some friends that you could call at the end of the day to gripe about everything with. And, uh, yeah, life life for me now is genuinely awesome, and I that's one thing I hope that uh, the family um, and Kyrell will be able to hopefully envision. I mean, it's going to take a few months, but I hope they get connected with enough people that that let them know that life life goes on yeah, and it well, can be great. They definitely have the outpouring of support from here in Kamloops as well as the community in Saskatchewan. So I'm sure they will have the right supports in place, but uh, definitely a difficult time for them. Thank you so much, yeah. Jessica. Really appreciate this and um, have a great rest of your day. Thanks, Jeff. Anytime. That's Jessica Vliegenhart, personal injury lawyer here in Kamloops with Fulton & Company. She is a paraplegic herself and a local champion of accessibility issues.